welcome to another episode of Behind the Scenes with Narsheen. I'm your host, Narsheen Hack. Um, today, my guest is Saira Chowdhury, best known for portraying uh, Nyla in ITV's Coronation Street and Anita Roy in Hollyoaks. Um, she's also worked in other soaps um, such as Doctors and Cold Feet and is currently filming for Dodger, um, a 10 part series for the BBC, uh, playing the series lead as Nancy. Alongside all this, uh, Saira also runs um, a drama school for children. Um, thanks for joining me, Sarah. It's great to have you on this podcast today. You're welcome. Nice to be here. So um, running straight into it, I guess. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and how you got into the world of arts and acting. Did you always want to work in this industry? So, yeah, I always did want to be an actor. I remember being eight years old and being sat on the couch with my dad watching Coronation Street. And I remember the character Sally and me saying to my dad, you know what, dad, I want to be an actor. I want to do that, what she's doing. And he said, yeah, inshallah, because he used to say that about everything. If I him for a horse, he'd say that too. However, I didn't go into it as a, as a child, as a teenager. Okay. I didn't do any classes. I think mainly because my dad passed away when I was 11. And there was a lot of stress on my mum. She had four kids under the age of 12. She didn't have the money for anything like that all the time for, for us to do extra activities after school or anything like that. So um, I kind of had a troublesome teens, I would say. Um, and I think it was because of that massive thing that happened in our lives with me losing my dad. And I picked it up again when I was 20. And I just kept having this niggling thing that was going over and over in my head. Like, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actor. How do I get into it? But I didn't really take the traditional route of going to college and doing it that way. I went to uni and I did um, behind the scenes. Um, in TV and um, radio, I came out of there and thought, God, I really didn't enjoy that. <laughs> I didn't like being behind the scenes. However, there was one course on it, which I did enjoy, which was presenting. And I remember thinking, I actually want to be an actor. I don't want to be behind the scenes. So I remember thinking, where should I go to be an actor? What is the best school? Where am I going to get a job? Where am I going to train, which is going to get me what I want? So I remember literally going online and researching into every actor that was actually working and where they actually went, where did they train? And this one school kept coming up over and over again, and it's called Manchester School of Acting, ran by Mark Hudson. And I was like, I'm going to go there. That's where I'm going to go. Um, so I'd never had any training before and I applied and he said to basically do a little monologue. Didn't know what I was doing at all, by the way. And uh, somehow I got accepted and got a place on there, which was really mad because I had no training at all. <laughs> and then I was really lucky because I was there for six months and I got an audition for Hollyoaks because I just sent off to a load of agents, sent my picture off and said, Hi, I want to basically be an actor. They said do a monologue. So I must have been good at monologues because they accepted yeah. me. This, uh, this agent accepted me um, at Urban Talent. I got an audition after four or five months of training with Mark Hudson, but he's absolutely amazing. Like he teaches you how to act. I mean, I still use the things that he's taught me now. An audition for Hollyoaks is my very, very first audition. And I managed to get the job and my career just kind of went from there. Such an inspiring story. During that time, at the very early start of your career, like where did you get your support from? Is there anybody um, that inspired you? Do you know what? My mum has always been supportive of my career. I mean, she tells me I can be anything I want to be and she believes in me. And um, she always tells me, you know, if, if this job is yours, it's yours, Syrah. If it's not, it's just not. 
let the universe bring it to you. Um, she's always supported me and made me feel really confident. Acting wise, I really love Saran Jones. I think she's got an amazing career. And I think she's inspired me as an actress because I just think she's she left Coronation Street and then just went to absolutely do everything, hasn't she? And yeah. if I could have a career that is that is like hers, I'd be very happy happy woman. And um, I'm really interested in your, I guess, overall experience of appearing on television um, as a mixed race woman. Like, was there any stereotypes that you faced early on in your career? You know, do you have advice for other South Asian people looking to pursue something similar as well? I think the industry has changed massively in the last 10 years, as in it is so open to diversity. I seem to always get roles where it could be played by anybody of any race, apart from Anita, because she was supposed to be in an Asian family. When I played Nancy, obviously she was open to any race. When I played, I think it was Alice in Peacocks just recently, it was any race. And I would just basically say, don't let your race, don't, don't see it as something that's going to um, hold you back. See it as something that's going to actually work for you. I've never really, I never thought it was going to hold me back. I always thought, you know what? I'm different so if I'm not what they want what they want this time I'll be what they want next time and that's always been my attitude towards it. Say for example a scenario you get a script and um you know for you to like basically look through like what is the process of that um you know when you receive something and you don't know anything about the character so you're going through it you're looking through it then you're reading about the character like what what's the process of you basically making a decision whether that's something that you're going to go for in terms of a role? Just if I connect with it straight away. Okay. It's just a feeling. I can't explain it. If it excites me, I'll read it and I'll go, oh, yeah, I really, really want to do this. If it doesn't excite me, I'm not going to put the effort into the self-tape to do. And it's all self-tapes, by the way, these oh, days. Is that, That's not I, I don't know nothing about yet. acting. So is that what you yeah, have to do with self-tape? So, yeah, during COVID, the industry changed massively. I think it's a good thing, though, because being in Manchester, a lot of things are filmed in Manchester. Um, however, the auditions are mainly in London so you'd have to go and before Covid you'd have to go and get a train to London it'd probably cost you about 130 quid altogether by the time you've got a taxi to a train station got a train ticket got and had your lunch that day and everything you've spent probably about 130 quid you might have work that day as well so if I'm if I've got my drama school on I'm paying teachers to cover me so it ends up quite an expensive day and you're only going to an audition which is say 15 minutes and um, but it's all changed now, so you can just basically do a self-tape. So you film yourself at home, or you can do a Zoom call like this. And I think it's so much better for actors because it's just so much more efficient. And sometimes you'd go all the way to London and you'd only meet their assistant anyway, who was filming you to then send over to the casting director who may have been busy that day. So I think that's one of the positive changes that has happened during COVID. Even when you're doing a self-tape, you've got to put a lot of effort in and think about every little detail so that you can give some, some something else that nobody else has thought of. Do you know what I mean? You need yeah. to think of ideas that are not on the actual script so that when the casting director is looking at it, they're thinking, oh, yeah, you can bring something. You have to think of it as in, don't give me a job. I'm giving you value. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, you've yeah. got to kind of shift your mind that way so that the casting director goes, oh, yeah, you can do it. You're giving us ideas. 
don't just do what's expected, which is the lines on the page. I mean, think really deeply into your character, what they okay. would wear. If there's okay. any props that you can use, really. I mean, if you're eating chips in a scene, go to the shippy and buy some chips and eat them in the scene. Just do little things that make it all believable. If there's a scene where I'm sat in my car, I might go and sit in my car and film it there, even though the traditional way is to do it against the white wall. If it looks better when you're moving around a lot, just do it because it will look more authentic and they'll see you as a character more. Some really great tips there, I think, for anyone who's like basically just looking to start out and isn't sure where to start either. Um, this yeah. is my self-tape wall, actually. Just oh, is Because you have to have like a blank wall and um, you get somebody to film you and read the script in with you and kind of shoot it from here. Okay. And that's what your agent asks you now. They'll basically email you and say, here's a script. You need this self-tape in for two days' time. You've got to learn it all and then film the self-tape, send it in. That's how I got the part of Nancy recently because that was during COVID. So yeah. I sent a tape off. And um, I actually sent a tape off for, it was a smaller role. It was of the Countess's maid. Okay. And that's what I auditioned for originally. So I sent that tape in. And then a week later, they said, we absolutely love your tape. However, we think that you'd be good for one of the main roles of Nancet. Could you tape for that, please? And I was like, yeah, of course I can. <laughs> um, obviously, I was really excited then. Because they don't really give you much information about what you are auditioning for as well. Not a lot right. of the time. Because it's all really confidential. So yeah. sometimes you're kind of going into these audition self-tapes with your eyes closed not really knowing you know what it is and um, so yeah I auditioned for that and um, I taped in a Mancunian accent and in a Cockney London accent and because they said they were open to casting somebody um who was Northern maybe and then uh, they come back a week after that saying yeah we'd like to book you for the role of Nancy and you can do it in your own accent so I was even happier <laughs> then so I was like that's easier that's amazing I always think that's really hard like I am awful, terrible accents. Like I try to do a Scottish one, it does not work. So I always think like, <laughs> I can't do a Scottish one. Like, yeah, I like praise anyone who's able to basically do it. Like hats off to you. Are there any accents that you've ever struggled with? I guess like when you've uh, done any of these. I've been really lucky that I've never actually filmed in an accent. I've always done my own accent, okay. which is is mad because yeah, I've never I've, I've auditioned for maybe two self tapes in my career where I've done a London accent and one of them was Nancy and I was and said well we'd like you what you're doing your own and another one I didn't actually book it so maybe my London accent isn't any good <laughs> fair enough tell me about your time on Hollyoaks like what was that like um you know booking um that show and you know it's such a popular show isn't it amongst I feel like I grew up watching Hollyoaks uh, I still watch uh, I did so yeah I mean when I was on Hollyoaks it must have been about 12 years ago now it feels so long ago yeah. I remember being there on the first day and I remember thinking do you know what I, I did have that kind of imposter syndrome I was like do you know what this is too good to be true somebody's gonna find me out in a minute and throw me off <laughs> like how am I even here I don't get it and you used to but all the cast used to say that because a lot of the cast it was their first jobs yeah. so they were kind of just found themselves overnight on this big soap you kind of think pitching yourself every day going wow in no way is this my life it was like a big massive learning experience okay because you were doing eight nine scenes maybe a day every day you had to be quick on your lines you had to learn really fast I mean in dramas you don't do as many scenes it's you take a lot more time um but in soap it's quick it's really quick 
And it was like going to college, but getting paid for it and learning loads. And I think that experience is what has helped me to excel in my career since then. Um, because of the skills that I learned at Hollyoaks and you know what it's so much fun as well because everyone was really young and the whole socializing aspect of it was really fun to get to go to T4 on the beach and things like that was great I think that it's so much harder filming for soap than it is for drama because of the amount of work they've got to do and it's like we need to cry in the scene bang just do it you know what I mean it's it's just everything's just so quick so yeah I would say I learned a lot of what I know there. Do you think that you can successfully pursue um, a career in television even if you don't live um, down south? Um, because, yeah, I feel like you seem to be nailing it living up north. Um, Definitely. You know, there's a perception, isn't there, that you have to move to south? I mean, not just for, I guess, um, your industry, like even my industry, like comms. Like, I've definitely contemplated moving to south um, after completing university. I mean, I did it in the end because of the costs. But, um, yeah, a lot of people think that you have to move to London to basically, uh, you know, expand your career. So do you think that's true? If you're a West End actor, theatre actor, well, then, yeah, obviously, because that's, that's where... The theatres are um but if you want to do television there's so much going on in the north since everything moved here a while ago the bbc moved here and we've got yeah. media city and the space project and the shark project there's so many studios here um, i mean when i was filming dodger there was brazic filming at the same time and i think the bay was filming at the same time there was like three four different dramas all filming at the same time all in the north so yes, so much is being filmed here. We've got Waterloo Road at the moment that's being filmed yeah. here too. That's a lot of my kids are doing work on that. Are they? That's amazing. So what do you do to create a work-life balance? I exercise a lot. I train a lot in the gym. I do yoga. I've got three dogs that I walk every single day and I like to be in nature. I like to go on big walks. So um, I do things like that, really. I only took up yoga a year ago, but that has been so amazing for me I think it's really good for just your mental health yes. and yes. for I think anxiety any type of anxiety you can feel and also for your nerves just before you're about to go in for to an audition because your mind can just race and race and race and race and I think it's it's taught me to just be still and be in the moment and how to breathe and tell me a bit more about the drama school uh, for children and kids. Like, how did that come about? Yeah, I played um, a teenager in Hollyoaks. And <laughs> at the time when I was on it, you'd always get people coming up to you going, how did you get on TV? How did you get to be on Hollyoaks? It was always teenagers, you know, who would approach me because I was playing a teenager. So when I left Hollyoaks, there was like a community centre around the corner and I heard it out and I was absolutely inundated. Um, and that now has become a drama school with 200 children in three different venues all around Manchester. And I'm really passionate now about building children's confidence. And whenever whenever anybody gets a job, it feels like when it's the same feeling as when I get a job. And that's what I love about it. That's lovely. And how do people find out about it? Um, we've got a website, which is uh, tvtalentdrama.co.uk. And you basically just book a taster session with us. You come in, you trial it out. And if you enjoy it, you're more than welcome to join. Um, do you know what I like the most as well? I like, I like it when the most unconfident child comes to me. I've had this boy who he wouldn't even lift his head to say his name in a circle at the beginning of the lesson. I might ask him a question like, if you could be an animal, what would you be? 
and why and that might be a little icebreaker at the beginning of a lesson and that just basically teaches them to talk about themselves in front of a group of people and this lad was probably 11 he couldn't even lift his head to actually look up and speak about himself six months later he's standing in the middle of the circle doing a script and improvisation standing on stage and that to me is is the most fulfilling because I know I've made a real difference in his personality and in his confidence. Do you get a lot of South Asian children coming to the drama school or do you think, I don't know. Oh, I wish I had more. The amount of castings we get for Asian children and I have got one girl aged eight and one boy aged 11. We're crying out for them. We're crying out for them and I wish it was something um, that, that South Asians put their kids into more. What do you think um, the barriers are, like, from stopping people from doing that, like putting their children into acting? The arts is probably just not appreciated as much um, due to a culture thing. And the acting industry is crying out for them. The guy who played my brother in Holyoke, Stephen Uppal, he's actually just written something and he needed an Asian boy aged... 11 I had one he hadn't been training with me for very long and he basically auditioned for this role it actually went to somebody else in the end but they I think they were having to go into schools and everything to look for an Asian boy because a lot of the acting schools and agencies didn't have many how have you like managed personally being in the spotlight I guess I think when it I probably struggled with it a little bit was probably when I was in Hollyoaks because it was so watched by everybody you and because of the age group if you watched it, you would constantly get people coming up to you and asking you questions, like I said, those teenagers. But that doesn't happen as much with, with adults, I would say. And now that I'm an actor who kind of goes from job to job, I mean, you'll get people who come up and, and appreciate your work and say, oh, I've seen you in this, um, you were great, or I really liked it. And that that's a really nice feeling because as, as actors who do TV, we're not on stage, we don't get that applause at the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's nice when somebody's watched something that you're in and they go, do you know what, I really like that. And you go, oh, thank you. <laughs> do you ever suffer from like um, imposter syndrome or like your inner critic and things? Um, I know you've like shared how you overcome that with like yoga really helps you, but is, is it something that happens to you quite a lot um, or not really? I think imposter syndrome, never really leaves people if you're constantly growing you know because the next challenge is always something that's bigger than what you've imagined before and something that really helped me with this um recently because I listen to a lot of podcasts um from inspirational people like Stephen Bartlett Tony Robbins Jodie Spencer but one of them was interviewing somebody actually who said the way to deal with imposter syndrome is whenever you feel it know that you're at, you're on the right track because it means that you're growing so know. rather than rather than seeing it as a negative like oh my god I feel like I shouldn't be here like someone's gonna find me out like I said that's how I felt when I first got that job in Hollyoaks feel that feeling and go right that means I'm on the right track because I'm growing and I'm becoming um, a better version of myself. Um, and that's kind of how I took that advice on and kind of thought, yeah, well, whenever I feel it, that's what I'm going to say to myself. And yeah. I know that I'm on the right track. Like, what are the biggest, I guess, surprises um, that you've come across in, in this industry? Everything's just very last minute. Okay, okay. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is last minute. If you get a job, 
it's just bang, 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 right? You're starting tomorrow type of thing. That's what seems to happen all the time. There's always changes. Like as an actor as well, when you're on a job, you never know what time you're going to be in until the night before. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you have like a schedule, like a rough schedule. It always changes, always changes um, due to not getting the scene done. And then that kind of knocks the next day, losing maybe a venue. Do you know that they've had books and then maybe they lose it or they can't get it? That always changes the schedule. The weather can change the schedule. So everything's really last minute all the time. But at the beginning, uh, I think my family used to have a hard time with that. So like, how can you not know what you're going to be doing? Yeah. How yeah, can you yeah. not know what you're going to be doing in two days? Time? So I was like, I don't know because I've not got my call time yet. And the call time's not coming until six o'clock in the evening. It's an ongoing journey. And I think that I was a bit naive when I first started acting. And I thought, you just got that one job and that was it. That's me forever. But that's if you want to work in soap and you want to be in a soap forever. But if you want to be an actor, it's a constant thing. You've got to get your next job and you've got to get your next job and you've got to get your next job. And the graft never stops. And you have to be constantly working on yourself. Um, another surprise is that your your mental health and your well-being it's all connected to your career so if you don't look after those things you're not going to be great in an audition or on set everything is connected to each other so work on the whole picture of yourself and making yourself a better person because if you feel healthier in your body and in your mind you're gonna perform better and be more confident when you're in that audition room and on that set or in that interview. And when you're like, um, I guess, acting or, you know, reading out your lines, like it's all live. How is it having so many people? Like I always think about that. Like I'd get so nervous, like so many people just staring at you, I guess. I don't know what the setup's like usually, but is that quite nerve wracking when you first go into the industry? You've got so many people just staring at you and maybe all you see is like lights and things everywhere, but what's that experience? Um... No, because you, I've been taught to only see the other actor that I'm acting with and I don't see anybody else. Really? It's, yeah, you kind of zone, because you really have to believe that you're in that room with only that other actor. You can't believe that you're in front of a crew of 45, 50 people, because then you wouldn't believe that you're who you are. So I think actors have got this way. Well, I do. I'm not sure what other actors do, but I think they do the same thing as me, is you kind of just zone it all out. It's kind of like shaded in black and white. It's like a grey area of all the other people. But then the other actor is in colour. And there's only you two. Because if you you start really seeing all those people, I I just don't think you're going to be able to do it. You would feel nervous. There's too many things going on in your head. You've got to focus just on the other person and you and and really believe that you're there. I, I think as well, um, with actors, as soon as you put on the costume, that makes you, that's, this is going on to another subject, but that makes you feel like the character. Because I, play, I played a policewoman for about three years in um, a Channel 4 drama called No Offence, which uh, was written by Paul Abbott, who did Shameless. And um, I'd, I'd not had any experience with the police, I was like, how does a policewoman even act? When I first got the audition, I just basically, 
gave a performance that I that I thought was quite real, just a real person, you know, rather than being a policewoman. I thought I'll just be a real person because that's what a policewoman is. And um, when I got on set for the first day, I put on the uniform. And I remember feeling like G.I. Jane or something at first, <laughs> just this big clumpy bulletproof vest and, and these big combat pants and these big boots. And it felt really weird. But after three weeks of putting on that uniform, I felt like that policewoman. I felt like Tegan. It was like just basically putting on her skin. Um, and that's what it, it feels like once you get your costume on. It takes a, a little bit of time to get used to it. And then you're there. Amazing. Um, so now I'm going to ask you a few fire round questions just so our listeners can get to know you a little okay. more better. Um, what song or movie would you say sums up your life? Song, I would say Rihanna and T.I.'s Just Live Your Life. Okay. And the reason I choose that is because that's my motto. Just live your life, just go for it. When you get that thought, just act on it. Don't think too much about it. Because if you think, your mind is only there to protect you. It's like very primal and it was come up with a million reasons why, oh no, you can't do that and you shouldn't do that. But just do it. Just literally just do it and live your life to the fullest. And what wouldn't people know by just looking at you? Maybe that I've got a really fiery temper. <laughs> <laughs> have you? You definitely don't seem like you are. <laughs> I have my boyfriend says I have anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I can come across really sweet and angelic and I can be like that but yeah if, if something annoys me that's it I can go from not to ten in in a matter of seconds and then I just have to go and do yoga and chill myself out <laughs> fair enough and what makeup or beauty product like can you not live without like something that you just literally have to have at all times in your bag my eyebrow pencil my you know eyebrow what, so many pencil. people have said that is that the truth it's okay. all about the brows and I'd say my um threading lady I'd say her, she's part of my makeup because without her, like she waxes up and threads my eyebrows. Every two weeks I have to get them done because my hair growth is really fast. And um, without her, I just couldn't live. She's brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Sarah, for such a great interview. Uh, I'm sure that people with Noshin listeners are going to really enjoy this. I've been really inspired by some of the answers that you've given. So hopefully there's people out there who will also be inspired. But how can uh, people, I guess, um, connect with you and, you know, learn more about the drama school? Like, how can they contact you? Um, you can contact me on my Instagram, which which is Sarah Charity 99 You can find out more about the acting school on Instagram too, which is TV Talent Academy, or on Facebook, it's TV Talent Academy. Okay, amazing. Well, you'll find this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, and also YouTube. Um, and you can also follow me at BTS Noshin on Instagram. So do leave a rating and a review. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been lovely speaking with you. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. <laughs>